Welcome to Profession Confession, everybody. Uh, I'm your host, Gabe Noah. With me, as always, is Carmelicious. In the flesh, how are you doing, people? Oh, oh you're yes. sounding good tonight. Uh, welcome to uh, to episode two, or part two, the second and final installment of the uh, Karate Cultist. Uh, we got great response on the first one, so uh, I hope uh, a lot of you are back. We're going to try to come back with another episode, uh, possibly like a bonus drop this week if we have a couple of these people we've got trying to come through. we got mm-hmm. some gang bangers, some- uh, Porn stars. Porn stars, uh, Vietnam vet. We have a great slate of them. You know, for any listeners out there who are looking to do their own podcast or want to rent a space or uh, whatever, uh, NBC Studios, as we're calling it, is uh, pretty much, we're, we haven't launched yet, but for Profession Confession listeners, you're damn straight we have. So uh, <laughs> uh, you can check out pictures of our studio on our social media. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all over Instagram. They're all they're about to be on our website, which is under construction. So if you guys go there and encounter don't go any, there now, though, <laughs> if you encounter any technical difficulties, we apologize. But it's all it's yeah. all on its way. Yeah. Essentially, we have a we we have a studio. We're going to be outfit or you know we have them now, but we'll have cameras. So you can broadcast it video, and we're going to be doing that. And we're going to be. Do we say we're, uh, we're going to have a show or we're going to have a... Yeah, we're having a live show here. Uh, probably the first or second weekend in February, we're going to do a live stand-up. I meant the channel show. And the but channel right. show. Yeah, yeah. And the channel show. We do have... Yeah, we yeah. have the... Uh, and if people that are saying, Tevin, Gabe, you guys said we're going to have a, a lot show of shit. for a while now, you can go to our Patreon or our Instagram and you can see the previews or the full clips of an episode we did with a cam girl who's into yes. consensual non-consent. Yeah, consensual. She's a, a rape person. Um, she. It's uh, the, It was, uh, for my money, I don't want to say dark. It's just her fetish or whatever. But No, it's dark. I mean, it's dark, right? Yeah, it was uh, um, one of the, I guess for my money, one of the hardest things to listen to that we've ever yes, had on the show. 100%. And it will be out in a show. We've got, uh, I don't mind announcing... The upcoming will be having Sex Week uh, sometime in the near future. Yeah, let's yeah. say in From the next. When we went uh, to Sex Fest and we did stripper episodes as well. Yep, exactly. We did strippers, like all kinds of shit. You know, weirdos, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. General people walking in. But then we also did podcasts with people from that. So we're gonna chop them up. It'll be like Shark Week uh, for people uh, you know who are horny. Sex Week. Sex Week. So yeah, big thing. Like we've uh, we've been working on a lot of shit for a long time, and it's finally uh, all kind of coming to a head. So we're re- we're really excited to turn our attention back to this show and not be spread out because we have just killer guests kind of coming up. So we're very excited, and uh, um, thanks for for sticking with us. It's been great. In fact, um, this January twelfth, this Saturday, I'll be doing a headline show at New Hope Cinema Grill. We'll have all the information on our social media channels. But it is a, uh, it's a movie theater in um, New Hope, Minnesota. New Hope, it's really Minneapolis. But uh, yeah, it's Old Hope. Yeah, I think New Hope sounds like they were settled by uh, like molestees or something like that. Like or New Hope, we're gonna go here over. and start over. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, that's where I'll be trying to make those people laugh. And uh, we'd love to see you guys out there. If you gave to the Patreon, um, right. and you want to come. Hit me up. I will get you on that yeah. goddamn list. So if you're somebody like Justin Gillette or Chris Havernack or Chandra Baki or Bradley Schaefer and you gave to our Patreon, you can fucking get in for free. What about Eric Block? Well, yeah, but I mean those four were just the most recent. Yeah, but 
I'm all about that motherfucker. Well, yeah, Eric Block, you can get into. He's got a big dick. Jesus. Sorry. That's everyone who gives the Patreon does. Yeah. Anyway, um, even the women. So um, thank you guys so much for giving to the Patreon. We have a lot of con- like content on there. And we have, well, whatever, I call it the bullpen, but I don't know. We have like episodes that we're not sure if they're good enough to put up. Um, I'm really picky and uh, over overthink it all the time. So yes. if you guys go on there and let us know what you think, and you guys can vote them from the bullpen into the regular show. So Yeah, so we have John Crockett, NFL running back. We have um, Josh. We have a hotel bellboy from Arizona. Do we put uh, up the um, the Allison Chains the Allison roadie, Chains roadie yep. guys up there? We have another 1970s NFL safety a uh, pimp from Las Vegas. So there's five audio episodes, four video clips. Do you have the video clip of me trying to get the audience to say the N-word at the free speech event? Uh, no, but that's on my phone and we can upload that. Okay, we should do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, um, this is just the uh, part two wrap-up of Karate cult, uh, Cultist. So if you haven't listened to part one, you're a fucking idiot. Why would you be here? Go back. <laughs> Go back to part one, you moron. And... Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, this is Gabe. And uh, I'd like to introduce our first sponsor, Brady Mason. He's a realtor. Have you ever even tried to buy a house before? It's impossible. Even if you do get, uh, you know, approved or if you're cool enough to get a mortgage or whatever, then you have to go through and hear all this jargon from these other realtors like a buyer, seller, mortgage. Like what? What am I, a doctor? (laughs) Listen, I'm just trying to buy a house, guy. And that's why I'm looking for Brady Mason. If you've never bought a house before, call him. Because guess what? Brady's never sold a house before. He doesn't even have his license, but he should by the time you call him. Brady Mason. Once again, that's Brady Mason at Adina Realty. His phone number is 612-709-4333 or bradymason.com. EdinaRealty.com. Check them out. Do you know where this road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. What? So as we left off, um, you had kind of talked about you meeting him and sort of getting disenchanted right away with with him. Because he had a permanent and... He uh, had a perm, yeah. <laughs> so was the perm, did that actually strike you that hard in a way? Like, I mean, what, like, was it this, he it, looked so ridiculous in it, a way? It, it, it did to me because, um, you know, I kept seeing all the instructors show up in school with perms and, you know, uh, they all started, you know, mustaches and uh, and I didn't quite get at the, that period that they were emulating him. Right. And then when I met him, you sat there bunch of fucking goofballs or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, you guys. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, we're we're told that he's the most feared, the most powerful martial arts master sure. who ever lived, and all of a sudden I have this 
image of him in my head of being in a beauty chair and yeah you know getting in curlers and yeah you know and then, uh, the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then it turned out later that he actually wore makeup you know okay <laughs> and, right you know because they they told us oh he looks younger every time you see him and um yeah <laughs> it's like and one instructor told me that the yeah. kind of did uh, one of the instructors told me that it did it for him when uh he saw him in person and noticed that he was wearing makeup and oh yeah of course this is a, yeah. as a cult leader to like <laughs> like you can't live up to your fucking hype like that right? that'd be so disappointing <laughs> your trips to l'oreal yeah yeah exactly and you know it's like you know, who's going to that L'Oreal counter? Is it yeah. him or does he, you know? <laughs> so how did that, um, I don't know, like, so you see him, you get, you go to story time at his house or at the instructor's house, at the instructor's is, that house. was also a deflating kind of, you, it, 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 you know, it was a really bizarre kind of night. It was, you know, we had all these people uh, in, you know, a, a small living room space and we're all sitting on the floor with our you know, with her legs crossed and how your feet fall asleep during a, that period of time. And, you know, you're starting to hear all these stories about him living in a, a cave in a mountain in Korea and that there was tigers in, in the cave. And, uh, you know, then someone told me, like, there had some been tigers living in the mountains of Korea for many, many. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, like um, another person at the school said that like, oh, uh, over and goes, no hey. more 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 people historian people that have I have friends in korea now okay. i've shared the story with them and they've never heard of it and, okay yeah and so it I wasn't friend, at the time thing where someone no, told you that no. you're saving yeah and you know what kind of happens is um you start you always have this little voice in the back of your head that tells you that something's wrong. Mm -hmm. But the longer that you're involved you, you became like numb to listening to it. You okay. Know, yeah, there, there. You know, I questioned a lot of the stuff, and you know, the amazing part is I had all these questions uh, that night. But then, yet, I turned around the next day and I went to the school and I told the glory of John C. Kim. Oh, really? You know, and and, and that's the type of thing that you're like, okay, you have all these conflicts inside yourself after actually meeting this person in real life. And then you go the next day and you continue the facade, the sure. the, the legends. And, Be, and, and Is it because you're just emotionally pot committed kind of? And all the, it's like all you have because you've kind of eschewed everything else in your life. You It's a little bit. Everything you've done, everything you committed for, mm -hmm. your whole life is wrapped in there. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I, I think a lot of people have that question with faith. You know, when, when it comes to faith, we're asked to believe in a lot of supernatural things. Yeah. And so, you know, since we're little kids, we're told in Easter Bunny and Santa Claus mm -hmm. and all these things that don't exist. And as children, we're told there exists. And, right. you know, I was like, well, Kim was kind of the adult version of Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. I told you the first time and it still blows me away in a sense where you realize like, you know, just the whole world's a cult in a sense, right? Like you just... We are a social creature who takes all of our cues from other um, animals that are living before us. And if they all say John C. Kim can jump off a fucking building, you know, it's pretty easy to kind of go, yeah, yeah, exactly. It must yeah. be true. How do you – that's our whole reality is sort of dictated to us by other people. And, and, you know, the burden of the proof is on the person saying it. It's not on the believer. So yeah. if, if you're advertising, hey, I can jump off a building. Mm -hmm. Do it. Sure. You know, I, I heard um, uh, a couple of years ago, I heard on a YouTube station that 
that the national instructors who took after Kim that now they're jumping off of two and three story buildings and you know it's like okay so this is something you build up to you building know? their way up right <laughs> training yeah. your tolerance to yeah, yeah, yeah 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 your building jumping tolerance and you know and it's like okay if you're building this prove it you know right right you know it's like don't tell me a story you say you can run around across water run across water yeah you know yeah um and and that's where people they 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 think that as a believer that it's up to them to have that faith to believe. But yeah. my feeling now is that if something is strong, it, it, it should stand up to being questioned. You oh, know, yeah. That, you know, if, if you take something apart and, and it starts falling to pieces because you're questioning it, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a, a clue right there that something's wrong. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. If John C. Kim is uh, using the uh, – yeah, uh, but still – you know, as a rebuttal to your questions, that's not good. Yeah. Well, and, and back then, it was probably a lot easier for him to kind of get over on people because they didn't have the internet where, like, now it's like, oh, you can do that? Well, it's not on YouTube. You didn't videotape it or anything like that. Exactly. They're, you know, it's, it's not on uh, – it wasn't on the internet back then. Um, research in the library was tough because even when I was a student, I tried to research it and I found nothing, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, during the meeting with Kim, he said that uh, the school had several different names. And he said that there was a lot of jealousy uh, over the school because they only taught the true martial arts and all the others were fake. Sure. And that, therefore, the school had to remain that they looked small. So they had all these different other names for themselves across the world. (laughs) So did, uh, you know, just for historical context, too, because cults, you know, have always been around, obviously, but but uh, like, what year was Jonestown? Jonestown was um, November eighteenth, nineteen seventy nine, I believe. Thank you. That's yeah. very specific. Information. <laughs> no, I, I was. I guess what I was wondering is what like if there was a big cult happening that happened when you were in a cult, and if you were well, aware of it at all. Well, there, there there was a couple things that happened. First was Jonestown, and. Um, you know, I, I remember Jonestown very well. Um, yeah. And then, you know, later on, I'd actually meet some survivors of Jonestown. And um, I would meet uh, Congressman Leo Ryan's daughter, really? Patricia Ryan. Yeah. She was actually ahead of the Cult and Air Awareness Network before it became Scientology. Mm-hmm. So that's before another, it became Scientology? Scientology? That's she's, correct. So well, is she in Scientology? No, no. Oh, okay. what, what happened was the Church of Scientology had sued the Cult of oh, Awareness that's, Network. Oh, that's – yeah, yeah. And they went bankrupt and uh, – I thought they – like no, no, Scientology no. is so powerful <laughs> they actually converted the people in the network. Uh, um, what, yeah, that's I'm I'm uh, I'm obsessed with Jonestown actually, and I've whatever every tape thing I can find those horrific tapes and stuff. Yeah, just you know, usually away. every year, like I post on my Facebook, uh, remembering Jonestown and the pictures and the things that were happened, and you know, I remember then a few years later, I'm in Chumaquan, and you know, Alex, my instructor, says that John C. Kim doesn't want robots, you know, and he would refer to the people in Jonestown as robots. And then, but it was just the phrase that John C. Kim doesn't want. It was like, okay, am I a possession? Yeah, of of John C. Kim. So that whole that's state- very, I mean, that's very interesting. Did it strike you in that way at that time? Would you say it? It, 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 it did. You know, because mm-hmm. there, there was always little seeds of doubt that were planted, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I suppressed them from letting them grow. Sure. You know, was there ever a time that you did question, like you know, going back to the John C. Kim night, right, where you're doing story time and all that? 
Did you, you know, raise your hand and ask a question or when you're standing around? I, I, I didn't. I just, uh, like most of us, we, um, we sat there and we, sh- um, even though the, uh, in the back of our minds we're shaking our head no, but in front uh, we're bobbing our heads back and forth saying yes, master, yes, master. What do you think would have happened if you would have raised your hand and said, you know, man, there, like there haven't been tigers in those cages for a hundred years. I know that for a fact. I, 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 like I w- really, I, I would have been done. You know, yeah. um, I as, as far as uh, being a, a member, I would have yeah. been black belt. Um, you know, to question anything he had to say. Yeah. I uh, the next meeting I had with John C. Kim, um, one person stood up and asked a question. As he was an older man, whether he had the same opportunity uh, as everybody else, and you could just see that the anger in the higher belts. Uh, okay, because it was a challenge to his benevolence. Yeah, of? yeah, and, and so you know, you could tell uh, that they weren't happy that he was asking that question, mm-hmm. and. Um, so the, you would have to be very careful what questions you asked. And yeah, and, and the other, you know, the thing was interesting. Like if you watched the court TV footage of this, you would see first John C. Kim going, Oh, me so sorry. Me mm-hmm. have a hot hot speak English. Mm-hmm. Right. And then next thing, you know, as the trial goes on, he starts, um, speaking perfect English. Oh, okay. In the trial, he would? Yeah, during the trial, he, he, you know, he dropped the whole bit. Right. And, you know, to meet him in person, he spoke good English. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, right away you see this, you know, it's, he's faking it. Mm -hmm. But then there was also times where it was very hard to understand him. And a lot of people felt that at that time he was purposely doing that to manipulate people. Okay. Sure. Sure. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. He was for sure. What, um, Go just for the listeners and people who want to know how you know what it's like to be in the cult and all that stuff. You know the uh, consequences. You know when you think karate cult, you think violence, obviously. And when you ask a question at that thing or whatever, if you ask the wrong question, do you think there would be a threat of violence, or is it truly just the you're so into that cult because it's all you have in your life? The threat of having that taken away is the. Violence happened all the time in Chumaquan, mm-hmm. and if you were to like go on um, my website for Deceived Podcast mm-hmm. and to the document area, I have a lot of affidavits, and the violence mostly happened inwards to students, students mm-hmm. uh, asking questions, uh, students asking uh, for copies of their contracts. Um, I remember one particular time. I you would... get no contract. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and there was a time when um, I was called to the office and I was told to get in on one of uh, um, another black belt that I was training with. And I was told uh, by the instructor that I want you to get in on him. And that meant to make him feel pain. Right. And my reply was just, yes, head instructor. Mm-hmm. And... The whole thing was either there was a couple things going on there. Either he did something that they wanted him to feel pain for doing, mm-hmm. uh, or they wanted to see if I would do it, or both. Right. Okay. You know, and, sure. and so there was instances like that. Right. And um, yeah, the the courts around the country, had, just about every uh, court that I researched or visited had uh, assault cases in Chumaquan. Okay. So then, did you? Um, so did you do that in that instance that you're talking about? Yes. I, I just, so to stay on a timeline a little okay. bit of your experience. So you had the gathering at John C. Kim's, 
um, you know, you, you're kind of scratching your head, but you go along with it. You go the next day, tell the stories of his glory, mm-hmm. and then you feel good because you're more important and all that stuff. Yeah, like I had this great opportunity to meet the master. Right. You didn't. and you know, Right. Yeah. Do you go home that night and, like, uh, you know, when are the moments that you start looking in the mirror and going, like, Jesus, is this bullshit? Uh, uh, there was a lot of times like that, especially when you are alone that, and you're not around the whole group, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that you're able to, you know, sit back and think about these things. Yeah. And then, then there's also times where you know they're they're lining us up and they're just like uh, belittling us and yelling at us and you know telling them how we're weak-minded individuals and how we have to be stronger and you know right. and, and you go home and they, they they say all this crap to you and it makes you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it makes you start questioning everything about yourself and sure. am I weak? Am I, you know? Yeah. 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 Maybe instead of, th- yeah. So can you think of a specific moment um, that you questioned it stronger at that point? You know, I mean, in that timeline, I guess. You mean uh, as far as uh, like. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, the, there's, there's a moment that essentially, you know, that you obviously break from the cult because you became a bit of a mascot for the prosecution right for for mascots poor choice of words but, but yeah i i became a crusader crusader um, yeah. yeah um well for me it took longer i mean i it yeah. got to the point where you know i i was hours away from death and even that didn't stop stop me from uh becoming you know a, a true believer for me there was always like this loyalty test that they kept moving the line farther and farther away from me with everyone that i passed but you know, I, I as a, a child who grew up being bullied and everything mm-hmm. that I had been through, and then I started becoming this person who would assault somebody on orders. Yeah. You know, and I started reflecting back on the person that I was becoming. You know, and, and the things that I did bothered me that, okay, you know, this person comes in and because they're a little bit different, you know, I'm told to hurt them. You know, sometimes we didn't want people in the school. Okay. You know, and, like what? Like well, um, they, it could be that maybe mentally they didn't fit, or mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, maybe uh, they were Liberace type. As they, uh, I see, you know, and so there was, you know, sometimes they weeded people out before they even got to be students. You didn't want to weaponize the gays. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, there was these things that we did that you know I you know would hurt me inside that I knew that would. We're going against my natural. You're doing wrong. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. And um, you know, you you believe that uh, you're part of this great organization whose main uh, uh, philosophy is the ends justifies the means. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and that that was a big thing. I'm gonna get that on a bumper sticker. Yeah, <laughs> the ends justify the means. With, uh, to back up a little bit, when you said that they asked you to, like make this instructor feel pain. What did like? What did you do? And then did he fight back, or was he like, "Oh, I have to accept this"? It, it was pretty much that he had to accept it, and and, and pretty much what we did is we were, uh, and I still remember because it's kind of burnt in my memory, is that uh, I told him to throw a punch at me, and what it is, I blocked it, I spin kicked, and then I um, kicked him as hard as I could uh, with the heel. Uh, into his stomach, bringing him down to the floor. Oh, the spinning donkey <laughs> kick, kind of? Is it that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and, and, you know, and then I, I still remember the look in his eye, and, you know, and it's like, why did you do this to me? And, yeah. You know, but then, you know, I've I seen it many times there, you know, where people were 
assaulted. And, um, you, you know, then there I, I saw other times where people broke down, like, mentally and would actually, like, stand in a corner and be crying, you know, that, that they were so mentally broken. And then when you take someone from that uh, and then you try to build them back up again. Yeah. You know, the whole psyche of the person. And they, they tried many times to make me cry, and I, I wouldn't do it. You know, it, it it more pissed me off than anything else. Sure. But, you know, there was plenty of times where um, it, for months I'd be go, uh, come in and I'd be belittled. I'd be told to quit. I'd be just, you know, they mentally fucked with me a lot. Sure. And, you know, had I actually walked out, um, that would have not, you know, they were trying to break me. Yeah, yeah. You know. Was there one one guy who's kind of running your school, like, a, you know, the head bully type guy? or what? There, uh, there was a guy named Frank, and um, uh, there was actually, like, uh, Frank was the highest belt in the United States under Kim. Okay. And there was uh, another guy before that, Force Troutner, uh, but Force uh, kind of disappeared. The government said he went crazy. But then other people said that Forrest actually uh, faked uh, insanity so he would get out of uh, being uh, sent to prison. Okay. And But anyways, Frank uh, uh, was a guy, and he was very violent towards a lot of people. And um, from what I understood, he actually, his skill level as a martial artist wasn't that high. Mm-hmm. But he was completely loyal to John C. Kim and right. to do whatever okay. Kim wanted. And so... You know, the, the whole time that I was in the school, um, I only saw him actually inside the school's training or doing anything a handful of times in eight years. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So mostly it was, but then there was, uh, there was two other guys and, you know, interestingly enough, one was black mm-hmm. and, uh, which he was very good though. He was, his skill no. level was up with oh, Alex. Like Even as a black. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah but, but, you know, with, with, uh, John C. Kim's well done. Ones, right. Well done ones. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. They, you know, they, he they, persevered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well he, I think he's probably running the organization now. Right. Which is kind of ironic. Yeah. You know, considering, you know, that we. It's to join this cult. Right. <laughs> what, what, what about, um, so so who was on a day-to-day basis? Because you, you got to instructor level, you know, just to, to kind of give me an idea of this. Like, who was dishing out abuse to you on a daily basis when you'd be coming in that, like that? Um, there, there was one per uh, particular instructor, and he was actually ordered to do it. Okay. And what I found is, uh, you know, my, my first instructor, Alex, when he left, mm-hmm. he became, like, uh, evil. You know, they, they, they hated him. They sure. hated anyone who had anything to do with him. And they were particularly hard on anyone was in his uh yeah that, that, that was part coven. of his group sure you know there when uh alex left there was uh 11 of his uh black belt students and they all left except for three of them and then i was one of uh, the lower belt students still under alex and then so my uh, my head instructor he was one of alex's students but he was ordered um uh, to come after me the way you did to try break me to try what know. did they um harp on for you because you know now we know that they did dossier type stuff and all that like you know did you learn what they tried to harp on with well, you? Well, they, every, every day every day it was something else um the, the uh, big thing with cults is they try to get you to do confession 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and, the, and the whole idea of um, the confession and Chumaquan. Tevin says it cleanses us. <laughs> yeah, a, so they could turn around and they could use that on you. Sure. You know, when sure. in your dossier, so you're holding back something. What are you not telling me? Mm-hmm. So they would, they would try to get this information and later on they could use it against the person. Is it, yeah, are you comfortable talking about like what what something was that they? You know, I, I you know, I, I pretty much have been open about my life, so mm-hmm. you know, it, it really wasn't, you know, uh, for me. But yeah, imagine that you're going through this every day, you know, sure. or you're not trying hard enough. You're you're not bringing enough money down, and you know, you need to work more. You know, um, right. a lot of us work three, four jobs, right? And then you know, uh, you would go long periods of time without sleep. So you imagine you're going like six months with anywhere from one to three hours of sleep per night. Per yeah. night. And, mm-hmm. and then when... Um, like being a parent, Russell. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, the longest I ever went without sleep in there was three days. And what happens to your mind when you haven't slept in three days That's is... Smoke, man. No, you, no. You, you start, <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you start dreaming <laughs> you're, you're while you're awake. Not. and And this is not drug-induced either. It's just... Right. Yeah, and, and that's at the time, you know, sleep deprivation is a very effective uh, method of yeah. uh, brainwashing somebody. Big time. You know. uh, I mean, yeah, I, I can I can see that all the way. <laughs> what, what um, for, let's see. Um, so back to the timeline, just because I want to keep going through this then. So you meet Kim and, you know, kind of where do we pick up from that then, I guess? Like, where were you in the system? And So, um after meeting Kim, um, yeah, I, yeah, there's at a time where I'm living with all the other instructors and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you live in this apartment building with them and, you know, it's like the same thing, same, you know, instructor, you know, uh, different ones lived in different apartments, but the respect that you showed outside the school was, uh, shown, uh, at home as well. Right. And so everything you did was controlled and, you know, like you could be dead asleep and then you're woken up from your bed and told, oh, I want you to paint these picture frames. You know, and there was always some project they had going God, to, damn to, 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 to keep fine. us uh, mm-hmm. uh, from sleeping. Um, it, it, so is there someone from that period who you like, kind of if you saw him on the street today, you'd want to beat the shit out of him kind of thing? You know, I, I would say not um, because like, you know, when, when you... When you're going through something like this, uh, there's a there's this um, camaraderie that is created that you're yeah. experiencing something bunker mentality. Bun- yeah, of, it yeah. really is. Is the the the, the veterans are uh, probably the you know because they've all experienced this traumatic yeah. experience together and they survived workouts together that were you know um, real. Uh, hard and yeah. intense and you know and i met with other cult victims and it was kind of the same way you had that bond right with, with them at the same time so so even if someone was kind of cruel to you or whatever you kind of view it as look he was in the shit too he was kind of whatever yeah, well in the, you have to understand that like they did it to me and then i did it to somebody yeah. else and the the part that always bothered me with a lot of the people is like these men were my instructors and they were supposed to protect me and look after me. Mm-hmm. And then once all this was known, they didn't do shit about it. They didn't speak out. They didn't, okay. you know, uh, you know, their, their job was to defend and protect their students. Mm-hmm. And they, they pretty much washed their hands of the things that they did. Mm-hmm. And that's always kind of bothered me because 
I didn't. You know, right. You know, I, I'm like, okay, I made mistakes and, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to let you get away with it. Um, there's a, there's a lot of students that they, they'll never remember. They came, they took all their money, they used them, they stepped on them and they went to the next person. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, you're not going to forget who I am. You right. Know, you know, um, I'm not going to be just another name that you, you don't remember. Yeah. But whose life you destroyed. Right. How did the, and, and I mean, is that how you see it at that, or at least is that how you see it now? Like you destroyed a part of my life or do you see it as, yeah, I, I mean, no regrets kind of, you know, well, no, I, 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 I mean, I, I would never choose to, to do this. Again. Yeah. It had a, you know, my life would have went in a different direction and, um, you know, I, I, you know, I hope that Kim, someone else would have brought Kim down. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, that he would have got what was coming on regardless, but you know, the, the um, how did you get laid during this time? Not that much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got, well, you know, either you dated, uh, you know, a female student and, you know, that was, you know, um, sometimes, Boy. sometimes they were, you know, uh, and it's some like of, when a female comes in the stand up comedy scene, you just see all the like, <laughs> not yeah, veteran people. I'm just seeing all the guys. Like, ah. But you, you yeah, imagine yeah. I, horrifying. I, 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 I had dates and it was like I, I bring them home to. Okay, so it's you a know, bunch of guys with perms. Yeah, and then you're going, yes, instructor. To in, in, oh, uh, so then the guys yeah. are gonna fucking yeah. Yeah, you know, and, 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 then, and then and then they they tell you to you know. Um, uh, go out and um, you know date, and they said, "Well, you know that uh, sex takes a lot of out of you, so uh, only do it once a week, but for five hours." <laughs> only once a week, but for five hours. <laughs> how do you? Like, you know, a new so, girl uh, you're dating. How do you get her? Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had some ground rules, right? Yeah, yeah. On Thursday, and it's gonna be from one to six o'clock. You're gonna get your money's worth today. Honey. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and rela- you know, I s- people got divorced. You know, um, there were there were. You can imagine that you had married couples, and the husband's given everything to Kim. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know, you'd sign a contract, and you think, okay, this is after this contract, then you know, I'm done paying for my training. But then, hey, there's another contract, mm-hmm. and, they, and the contracts never stop. Uh, one guy reported that, uh, he got up to a hundred thousand dollar contract for martial arts lessons. Right. You know, and, wow. and, and so, you know, and that's when his father got him, uh, deprogrammed. So really? Yeah. So how much did you, and so with like when that stuff would happen, when, so were you around when someone got, got deprogrammed, like where you're in your class, ha, ha. And then all of a sudden, someone's dad shows up, and they're like, "Would you, you guys are fucking drones here?" Like, you know, like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, was there ever I, disturbances? I, like I, that? I never seen that, but then okay. you know that what a lot of people would go on sabbatical. Okay, you know, it's like, oh, that, and you know, this instructor's here, and, sabbatical, and, and <laughs> yeah. next thing you know, well, he went on sabbatical, you know, because he's disappeared. And there, there's one particular um, time I remember. Uh, all the assistants and instructors were in a room, mm-hmm. and there was a regional head instructor, and he was uh, telling us to look around at each other, and he said, and he was talking about how uh, some of us are not going to make it, and you know that we're going to leave, and you know we're not going to be a part of master's teachings and master's following, and, and it created this fear that okay that we're going to be lost. You know, uh, yeah, and um, 
but the interesting thing is, is no one in that room, including the regional head instructor in that, is a part of the organization anymore. They're all gone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You all missed out. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was, uh, you know, and it's one of the things that stick in my head. But they created this fear that if you left. Sure. You know, and that was okay. A lot of cults do this. They, um, uh, they create a inside versus outside uh, mentality. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's, it's a ploy. You make people afraid, okay, when you go back, you're going to leave this mindless life. And, yeah. Life uh, as you know it is going to be gone, essentially. Right? It, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. that, uh, that Kim has uh, amassed all this knowledge and, you know, he is your connection to it. And if you leave, you're not going to have that connection. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, the instructor I was talking about, Frank, he wrote a letter to all these instructors uh, that um, uh, he compared not being with Kim to being lost in a forest with no guide out. And he said, perhaps, you know, I could take the risk of trying to find myself uh, out, but I don't want to take that risk. Mm -hmm. And then after he went to prison for five years, he didn't return. So, so I, I guess he prison? found himself in that jungle. You know? oh, okay. Oh, yeah. so you're saying he went as part of the when they swept everything up or whatever. Yeah, he went they, to prison. Okay. Yeah. So what? How how did that come to a head? How did uh, you know? How did it all begin to unravel? The uh, I was I was asked to come back after two years after I left. Okay. And the timing of this happened when I was having reconstruction surgery on my arms. Okay. And um, the day after I had reconstructive surgery and I got out of the hospital, the phone rang and I was asked to come back to the school. And this time I've had two years to think about what happened to me, to analyze everything. Why did you leave in the first place? Um, I broke. For the two years. Uh, okay. Well, the the last time I was in there, I was working like four jobs. I was sleeping like an hour a day. Mm-hmm. And I called up the school and I said, uh, you always had to call before and after you, you left. And, you know, and so I'd be, uh, hello, uh, head instructor. Brett to say this is this instructor, Russell. Brett to ask if it's okay to come into school now. And then after that, he said yes. And I said, Brett to ask if you're self-care for anything. And Say that again, though, because I know this okay. is the broken English thing. I right, just can't right. remember what, what, what you're saying. So the first part is I ask if it's okay to come into school because school comes first and then the second part would be all right Brett asked if there's anything I can do for school be all right to ask yes That's what it is. okay okay yeah and, yeah. and then the right next part would be be all right to ask if I could do anything for school because school always came first and then after that was be right to ask if you self-care for anything and that means can I buy you lunch can sure. I bring you something on the way down and then um after I was told everything was okay and I was hanging up the um the phone, it was like a shade went off in my head, and I heard myself. And I slammed down the phone, and I said, fuck it, I quit. And um, that night, I was actually, at this time, I was living by myself for the mm-hmm. first time. And um, I, I quit my jobs because they knew where I lived. I, I mean, worked. And uh, then I went home, and I hid in my apartment for six weeks, and I had no idea what I was going through. I had this you know, uh, emotional turmoil going through when they were coming to my apartment in the middle of the night, knocking in the windows. I was uh, rolled up on the um, floor, uh, hiding by my bed. You know, I was like, it was a complete emotional breakdown. Yeah. So two years later, I get this phone call. After, uh, and the timing of it was just 
unbelievable that they would call the day after I had my surgery. I was in a lot of pain and I was pissed off. Mm -hmm. And they asked me to come back. I mean, at that time, I was back in college. I was taking photography classes. I was going on with my life. Mm -hmm. But they set in motion a series of events that uh, led to 14 people uh, going to prison. And uh, at that time, I decided that I was going to sue them for what the injury that occurred to me which people can hear about in the podcast. Okay. And, um, well, I mean, and, and you know, six we can't years, talk about that because, I mean, was that a punishment that they did to you? It was a push-up thing? The, the push-up was a punishment. And um, so what happened, um, they had a push-up that they called Chumaquan push-ups. And it's a combination of a push-up with a yoga downward dog movement. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And... Um, uh, it had this reaction that would cause the muscles to seize up, and I had it because an you would do it to muscle failure every time. Yeah, and, and it'd keep going, and, and so um, I had a sports medicine doctor evaluate the push-up. Okay, and he found that because of the long eccentric transaction, he said that it would cause um, damage to the muscle sooner than. A regular push-up that, you know, after a while, you're just not going to be able to push anymore. Mm -hmm. But because of that downward dog motion, you were able to do it more. Well, um, I had come into the school when I was first learning the, how to run one. And I was ordered to drop down and do 100 of these push-ups while I'm cold. And what I would care, compare the um, injury to is if you were to take a rubber band and put it in the freezer mm -hmm. and take it out sure. and pull it, it's going to break. Yeah. But if you warm it up in water, let it warm, it's going to stretch. And I was cold and I broke. And um, so Chumaquan believed that John C. Kim could cure anything. Mm -hmm. And um, so for three days, I had uh, uh, what was called compartment syndrome, where the, the blood uh, was trapped in my arms and um, the muscle tissue was dying from the lack of oxygen. And um, so I went to the school and, you know, the instructor, Kevin, who also had this happen to him as a student. Oh, really? But, but it went away. Usually it would go away. But for me, it wasn't going away. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, I was living with other instructors. And I get, uh, after three days, I can't sleep and um, I'm tired and uh, yeah. I'm in a lot of pain. So I sneak out without telling anyone. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, and I go to the hospital, and I get to the hospital, and they tell me that I have compartment syndrome, that they need to operate right away, uh, and that if they don't, that I could possibly lose my arms or die from kidney failure because what was happening is the dead muscle tissue was going in my kidneys, and my kidneys were... Uh, right, overwhelmed. And, and if you understand... Uh, compartment syndrome. It really is a miracle that I, I lived and still have my arms really? to this okay. day. I mean, I saw the pictures on your website, which are beyond horrific. And, and beyond the, horrific. And if you can imagine the pain that that had caused oh, me. Oh, I, I can't imagine. And, and so most rational human beings would have um, let them do whatever at that point. But I called my roommate and um, he called Kevin and Kevin came down. And after the school said it was all right for them to operate, uh -huh. I, I allowed the, uh, the doctors to operate. And um, it was interesting because uh, uh, there was a story about uh, John C. Kim healing, healing this instructor who had cancer. And 
that uh, when John C. Kim walked into the hospital bedroom that this instructor tried to get up from his deathbed and bow to him. So when Kevin walked into the hospital emergency room, what do I try to do? I'm, I try to stand up from my hospital bed to bow to him. He mm-hmm. tells me to, to, to stand down. And because this is yeah. the way the story was told. Sure. And, and so, you know, they, they put me under and I, uh, I don't know like if I'm going to wake up with arms or not. Yeah. You know, um, right. and so then I, I wake up and the next morning, the pictures you see, that's how my arms were for five days. Oh, and, and go to the website. Uh-huh. Like the filet. It, oh. Like it looks like, uh, whatever, a, a rip, side of beef, like a split yeah. in your. Je- I mean, quite frankly, at first when I was scrolling quickly, I thought it was a grotesque vagina <laughs> picture for some reason, <laughs> but it's because it's like a split in jeans. It's like a split in your je- where it's like they're ripped uh, or split in pants, or it's like it's whatever. They're, they're, it's they're, disgusting. They're, they're, yeah, they're, the they're, flesh they're, is. I mean, it's like his muscle. It's like the Incredible Hulk. He flexes so hard, but the skin splits like a baked potato. Yeah, my my arms literally exploded. Uh, what Get I would compare potato thing. Well, what, what I I compared it to is putting a hot dog in a microwave. Yes, yes. there you, you go. Know, perfect. Yeah, yeah that, that's what happened to my arms. Or the vagina analogy is also good <laughs> for anyone who uh, wants to check that. You uh, know, yeah. So so that happened and. You know, um, the thing was, is then they started like, uh, they wanted to figure out, was I going to sue the school? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was yes. like, oh, there's a, there's another test that they're going to see that I'm loyal to the school. And so I was in the hospital for 16 days. Uh, five, five of those days with, um, my arms open, like you saw. But during that time, only one instructor came and seen me in the hospital that whole time. Uh, other assistants came in and, and saw me, mm-hmm. but not one instructor. Uh, these people that are supposed to have my back, that care about me, yeah. not one of them came. And that had to have been an order. Oh, okay. And, and, and so I get out on a Saturday, and uh, I have skin grafted from my legs onto my arms because they couldn't close up. I'm gauzed up, and um, so I get out on a Saturday. On Monday, I'm teaching class again. I am uh, put in my uniform. I can't. The only thing I can do is I can have my arms crossed, and you know. And, and part of my mind, all I wanted to do is I wanted to get back in the school and show them. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to lose this great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, right. And then what happens? They started telling people that I didn't come to them for help that they could have cured me and that the doctors butchered me. And the reason that I'm scarred like I was is because I didn't trust them to come to them for help. And so I started without... How would you hear that? Well, I I didn't hear this right away. And this is one of the catalysts to that phone call that that made me snap was that... um, at one time, I, I, you know, most of the time I started changing by myself because, you know, Chumaquan could never hurt you, mm-hmm. but they didn't want people to see how scarred I was. Mm-hmm. So I was changing and uh, another assistant saw my arms and he came and told me that Kevin, the person who ordered me to do the push-ups, the person that um, uh, uh, I went to for help and asked for help and was told I had to wait, um was now using me as an example. And so the the person who injured me was telling people that it was my own fault mm-hmm. because I went to the hospital. Right. And, and I was angry because they, you know, that's not what happened. I right. went to them and they told me to wait. 
And, and, and but there, you know, you couldn't question your higher belt's word. There was nothing I could do at that point except for let that anger fester. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know, and you know, I realized that from that point of going to the hospital on that. You know, uh, other people started passing me up that I was being blackballed, mm-hmm. you know, because there, there was a point where um, I didn't fit their story anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah. So you essentially get moved along because, like, boy, this guy's not a good look for us now. You know, whatever. He's a living example of uh, some of our bullshit. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. So it's like we yeah. got to move him yep. along. I see. And then so then what were the four jobs you were working and all that stuff. At okay, this point. so um, what would ha- my my day would uh, normally start out at a, a printing company. Mm-hmm. So I worked at uh, a, a printing company in Hopkins, uh, Ace Label, and Chumaquan had a printing company in Chicago, and they told me to go out and learn how to be a printer. That they were going to ship me to Chicago. God, that's, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, 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 and then, so then after that... Um, we are a cult uh, and uh, printing company. Well, and then after that, I um, I went to TJ Maxx. Sure. Um, and I, I... We have a discount uh, fabric clothing store. We were supposed to dress like we were successful and had money. Okay. And I couldn't really afford to dress like that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I, I got a job at a place where I could get. Sure. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the next thing is uh, I worked at uh, um, Yorktown Mall as a janitor. So at night, um, me and another assistant would clean up uh, the mall. Sure. And then, you know, that would take me into the morning. And then I'd go sleep. Mm-hmm. Right, well, that, then at, uh, after TJ Maxx, then the school. And then after the school was the mall. Okay. And then it started all over again. So a lot of times what would happen is uh, at the printing company, I, I, I would go from the mall to the printing company. I'd sleep in my car, mm-hmm. and then they'd wake me up. And this went on for months. And, mm. yeah, it, it was it was definitely and, a mental. And when you went to school, and then essentially that money, what percentage of that went to the school? Most of it. Yeah, Most of it. Yeah. And just you're just because you're constantly just trying to pay these contracts and that kept yeah, reappearing yeah, and all that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you know how much you spent over your? You know, I, I spent less than a lot of people. My, you know, mine was fifteen. Right, we're to, at TJ Maxx for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, f- right? fifteen <laughs> to twenty thousand dollars. But then there, 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 there yeah. was there wasn't just that. That was. John C. Kim's Christmas money, his birthday sure. money, you know. You know, it's like... <laughs> like the guy that's trying to be a god is using another god's holiday to, like, Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, exactly, yeah. Well, I don't know if I told you this. The best part is that John C. Kim was actually born on April 1st. Ah, really? Yeah, so, and I always thought that was, like, so ironic that yeah, the man right. who had fooled so many people... yeah. Absolutely, yeah, and, day, and right? so his, his birthday was like considered a holiday. You know, it's you know the <laughs> second coming of Christ's birthday, and so um, when I started working with City Pages, um, Jennifer Vogel, who's now with uh, Minnesota Public Radio, okay, uh, Jennifer and I worked for six months on the story, uh, and if you get a chance to read it, it's on my website. Yeah, yeah, it's well done. Uh, but we waited till John C. Kim's birthday. To publish it, okay. So, so it was published on April first, nineteen ninety-two, and you know, uh, and so if, you know, for 
Yeah, you can imagine that, you know, we had birthday parties all over the country. There was, you know, it yeah. was a mass celebration, and here <clears> I come along and right. ruin his birthday. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, um, and, and again, I keep losing your uh, timeline a little bit, but the, so the, you know, you did the phone call, you hang up on them, you say, I'm out for two years. Mm -hmm. You come back, they punish you with push ups, and then that happens. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, I, at the the push-ups happened first. Okay. And and they happened before I even met John C. Kim in person. Okay. Um, but then then after the push-ups, that's when I started getting black belt. That's when they started using me as an example of what happens when okay. someone goes to the hospital instead of them. And so that's when mm -hmm. I started to question the things is like, okay, you know, um, you know I, I was angry. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I had a lot of anger over that. And then, you know, I... I hid uh, for six weeks in my apartment by myself. When you did that phone call then, and you hang, you hang up and you don't show up, I guess. So when did they first, I guess, night. how did that unfold? Okay, that, that, that night. night. Um, what, um, so what I did is that night, um, drew all the uh, shades in, um, in my apartment, shut off all the lights. And I remember I'm curled up in the blanket next to my bed and I'm hearing these knocks on my window. Russell, Russell, you know, and, and, and this went on for a yeah. while, you know, after about six weeks and I was left alone. And, you know, and then he imagined. What were they saying through the door? Like what, like, I mean, was it threats? Are they acting no, like they, they helped, you know, they hey, want help They wanted you. me back. It wasn't yeah. like they're trying to threaten me that, yeah. you know, that, that stuff came later. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, they wanted me back and they didn't know why I, I left and, you know, why I snapped and. Right. And what were you hiding for from in your mind then, I guess? Cause you know, when they're trying to get you back, you just knew at this point, I, I knew I don't want to be a part of this yeah, anymore. I, I, I felt like a dog that, um, that was waiting for someone else's approval when, when they were happy with me, I'm wagging my tail and I'm mm -hmm. all happy. And then, you know, when they're not, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm down and, and I knew that there was something wrong and, you know, no one had ever heard of a martial arts cult before. Yeah. You know, I mean, you think of cults, you think religion and, you know, and, and at the time, you know, I didn't even know that part that at, later on that, you know, um, the religious part would come in uh, to later on for the higher ups and mm -hmm. Chemo Kwan. Um, but, you know, so that was the thing. It's like, okay, what happened here? And it, it took a lot of uh, uh, examination. And, you know, then uh, I, I had a roommate who moved in and uh, him and I, late at night, we'd listen to music all night. We'd smoke a few joints and we'd talk about this stuff. Sure. You know, we, we would just sit and we would, you know, and it, I had like two years to, you know, uh, with someone who would listen and. Yeah. You know, and, and An outside person to go, Jesus, dude, that's fucked up. Like, yeah, sort of. Exactly. And, yeah. And, and then so by the time they asked me to come back, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I had these thoughts I already worked out in my head and. You know, I um, I actually met with uh, uh, the instructor who asked me to come back, and he was a good friend of mine. And the reason he asked me to come back is he wanted to own a school with me. You okay. Know? And, and he had no idea of my state of mind at the time. Right. And But I told him that, hey, I want John C. Kim to know that I came to him for help, and I was told to wait. And at that time, I, two years later, I still had these yeah. delusions about John C. Kim. Did you get, like, when you go in for that meeting, was it at a school? No, I, I refused to uh, meet him at the school. And uh, and the reason why was I felt that if I had done that at 
the school that I would break down that I, you know, that you were was, afraid of yourself essentially. Yeah. That, or, that, yeah. That's where their power lied. So we met at a restaurant uh, for breakfast and that, that's where it happened. And, and then, you know, um, the instructor were good friends of the state. I, you know, a couple of years ago I ended up in the hospital and he was the first one that was there when okay. I was in the hospital. But we actually became adversaries um, after I left and he, you know, he was in charge of people following me, and wow. at, one, at one time he was ordered to attack me in the Minneapolis airport by John C. Kim, but he refused. And, yeah. You know, and then after he, you know, he was the same guy who left after seeing John C. Kim wearing makeup. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so did you, you know, during your two-year sabbatical where you're kind of, uh, you know, coming to terms with some of this stuff, it, like, when does the... First of all, would you like not even drive by the school or did you ever even go and like kind of watch it from across the street? I, like- I, I didn't do I, I avoided everything that had really had to do with it. Like, you know, I didn't go to places that I, you know, uh, would uh, at, at, at that time. Uh, I wouldn't go to the same grocery stores. I was always in fear of running into somebody. And then I, I did run into a, a former roommate who had left too. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting in this restaurant in Robbinsdale. And um, we were talking about this, and it was uh, not too long after I left. And all of a sudden, car after car of instructors started pulling up into this restaurant. I freaked out. And and I was still new to leaving, and he was like, fuck them. But the thing was, is once a month they had these uh, instructor practices, and then they would go out to eat after. And it just happened to be that particular. Total coincidence? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like totally freaked right. out and i'm like all right i'm out of here and, you know and, right yeah yeah so it was uh had any threats happened um at that point during the two years no no, no not because i i wasn't an adversary mm-hmm. and they they didn't understand why i left at that point and what had happened is after um after i uh met with the instructor for breakfast I went and I got a book called Combating Cult Mind Control from the library. And after reading that book, I had realized that everything that happened to me was, yeah. was a cult. That well, was, and, that was my next question is yeah. when did the word cult come into it for you? And, 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 and that was it? And that was it. And then I, I found that there was a Minnesota um, cult uh, program called the uh, Free Minds. And they were affiliated with the Cult Awareness Network. And I went to them for counseling and then... Um, I had an attorney at uh, Mesh Specher Singer and Spence, and you know I was going after suing him. And then when I was in high school, I had a, a law class, mm-hmm. and it taught me how to retrieve public records. And uh, it was one of these things that uh, threw out this whole thing that something that I had experienced or learned in my past would uh, mm-hmm. would become useful in the future. Sure. And, and so you know through that research, I became very good at it. Um, I, I learned how to um, pull public records and everything. And then, you know, my life had been threatened several times, and I ended up leaving Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And um, When did the threats happen and, and how, I guess? Um, they started happening uh, when I started speaking out. Okay. Um, I, I actually uh, was involved in getting uh, a lot of students to leave us, uh, the schools in Houston, Texas, because my research had reached them. Okay. And they How left. did I reach them? I mean, did you send it to them? Well, <laughs> what, what happened is as I, as I researched the records, um, 
I would give those records to uh, Free Minds, the Cult Awareness Network, mm-hmm. and then they would send them uh, uh, to people that would request more information on the group. Okay. And the interesting thing was is there was a woman who founded uh, Free Minds in Minnesota, and her nephew happened to be uh, a first-degree instructor in Houston, Texas. Oh, wow. And just coincidental. Mm-hmm. So he got that information and then once he got that information, I was asked if I would travel to Houston to, to speak to them. Okay. A- and so me and a uh, counselor went to Houston, and you know uh, the news was there that night, and uh, uh, they recorded everything. But then uh, after we left, uh, Chum and Kwan started sending instructors house to house looking for us, and one person got assaulted that night, and then they tried to sue us for libel and slander. And um, so uh, come a couple months later, uh, we go to court and we're com- – I'm trying to cut all the short because these, sure, are, no, yeah. these are very long stories. Right, right. But anyways, they ended up losing the hearing. They had brought all these goons in from Chicago uh, that were uh, there to intimidate us in the court. And our attorney was prepared for that. And so what he did is he – told uh, everyone to bring their children, their grandparents, their parents to the court. Mm-hmm. So when this hearing was going on, you had these, you know, imagine the mafia showing up mm-hmm. in court and you imagine family and love. Mm-hmm. So we had these two different, you know, so you got some gurus trying to stare down your grandmother. It just doesn't work. The power right. of love is, is it's much more powerful. Uh-huh. The power of love. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And, and, Huey Lewis, man. And, and so they lost. <laughs> the cult song. <laughs> Anti-cult. They, yeah. they, they lost the hearing. And um, uh, when they lost the hearing, the judge granted our injunction against them for violence. Well, I, I went directly to the airport from the hearing. And my escort, after I got on the plane, was attacked inside the, the Houston Intercontinental Airport. And this was uh, before 9-11 when people, you could... Yeah, yeah. You, you, you could walk people right to, to the, the gate. gate. Yeah. And How did he get attacked? Like, I mean, to what extent? So what had happened is that um, uh, we were followed to the airport. I heard one story that uh, they were trying to do like a hit and run on me that they wanted to see if they could, mm-hmm. you know, run me over. And they, they never had that opportunity. And so once I got on the plane... Uh, Kurt was uh, uh, on the phone with his wife and when he got sucker punched. He got an uppercut. And so the, this, like, pursuit happened um, in the airport, and then they got off. And interesting thing is that the instructor who uh, attacked Kurt, he, um, he would end up leaving, and he would testify against Kim that he was ordered to do this. Oh, he did? Yeah. And, and there was okay. a lot of guilt because of what he did. And this, this oh, kind of— give him uh, uppercut in the <laughs> airport. And it, it was interesting because a lot of the people who did this stuff would end up eventually leaving. Yeah. You know, so then you have both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. And so in Minneapolis, my friend that um, I grew up with— um, and I actually, you know, like when we were in junior high school, I protected him from bullies. Mm-hmm. And there's a story about it in my podcast. Yeah. And he was ordered by Kim to uh, attack me in the airport. And he refused Kim's order. And, and I'm like, I asked him, I said, did you 
did you refuse Kim's orders because of uh, our relationship since we were in junior high school? Mm-hmm. And he said, no. He said, I would have did it, but it, it was a bad plan. It was, okay. I was to attack you in a public place. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. You know, huh. and, yeah. So that was all for nothing, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but there's still part of me that thinks, you know, you never forgot when I. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. I, you, know, you still didn't. I mean, that had to be a big deal to refuse his order in general. Right? It was because I mean, it cast. Um, it, it, it cast. Because you know uh, what that would lead to yeah. in the school, that other people then are probably going to. Did you know, did he have like a, a counter offer for Kim? Was he like, bad plan, but I yeah. think we should do X, Y, Z? Or was. I, I, I should have. Well, a lot of the stuff he was uh, against, um, like the wanted posters that they put out on me, mm-hmm. he was against that. Yeah. And, and he warned them that it was a bad idea. What uh, was the wanted poster? Um, they they had put a wanted poster out on me, two of them actually. And I had my picture. And remember the camel cash shirts? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm wearing a, it. It's the worst picture of me. I'm yeah. wearing a camel <laughs> cash shirt. And, and it says, do you know this individual? And, and then it, it says that the... Chimaquan Association of Minnesota is looking for me and that they want to sue me and that um, I um, am uh, having unlicensed deprogramming sessions in my uh, apartment and that people are being kidnapped and sexually abused and it was just really bizarre and it's on it's on my yeah uh, yeah it's on my web we'll have that on the show page and we'll maybe that'll probably be the title for the uh, for the yeah, episode and, right and, and, and so or he picture, he, he warned him and, and the whole idea my understanding was that um, it was it was meant to intimidate me. Sure. You know, the, sure. The, that the whole wanted poster was. And I, I remember when I first got it and I looked at it and I was intimidated. And then a few seconds went by and I started laughing. Yeah. Right, you can't, they don't mean anything. It's not like all of a sudden, like, oh, the police are on board now putting a wanted Exactly. Posters. And then you can't, you know, how do they explain that? Yeah, you know, how do they explain putting a wanted poster out? Right. I mean, you it's know, really it, stupid. Uh, and strategically, as a <laughs> so, I asked Jennifer Vogel at City Pages to publish it. Mm-hmm. So you know, here I'm I'm doing this article, and we were six months on it, mm-hmm. and there's Have there's the, the wanted poster. Uh, no, so it was it oh, was God. pre. Yeah. So it's just perfect, right? Yeah, right, it was exactly. just perfect for yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what um and what was your attitude like okay as all this is going on and you're you're doing a city pages article you're speaking to attorneys you know I guess were you deprogramming people sort of or like uh, involved? um you know there there what I was doing is I was giving people information now there there was two different schools on deprogramming mm-hmm. there was the actual people that kidnap people mm-hmm. and um uh, then wouldn't let them go, and then they'd give them all the information, and then they'd let them go. Mm-hmm. That never happened in Chimaquan. There was okay. no no one was ever physically deprogrammed, mm-hmm. but they were like. So what I would do is, I would call up people and like, hey, I want to share this information with you, mm-hmm. and then I would. What I, would they say when you'd call? Um, sometimes they were open to it, and other times they weren't. And so then there was one particular time where I called a guy that I had thought had left and um, I was wrong, but he told me that he had left and you know, he, he said that he got a girl pregnant and he couldn't afford the lesson. So he left. And so I had these videotapes of the Chicago news investigation that came out and um, I, I wanted to show them to him. And, you know, I, I started getting this feeling that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Uh, too eager, maybe, to meet well, up with you? Just, you know, that little, the hairs mm-hmm. in the back of my head um, uh, stood up. So what happened was um, I told him first that, hey, you know, my VCR broke and I, I can't come over. And so then he arranged to get one. <laughs> VCR broke. Yeah, just yeah. dates it so, <laughs> so much. And, and so he got a VCR and I go over to his house, right? And I start going through all the information, the public records, because I, I had been in Houston at this time, I, uh, all the information I researched, and I was sharing this with him. And I always had this like weird feeling the whole time during it. And then um, uh, during the, the lawsuit uh, where they were trying to sue me and the others in Houston, I found out that they had recorded me that night. And so he was actually still a student. And so what was going on is before I got to that house, they had set baby monitors all over the house. Mm -hmm. And the house was actually surrounded by people. And and that um, I had like records in my car and they were actually going in my car and they actually had a portable copier with them. And they were taking copies of uh, notes that were in my my car. And my friend um, uh, who was ordered by Kim to attack me, was outside in another car listening to the baby monitors. And that, that was like in the beginning of the mm-hmm. cell phones. And so he was on the cell phone talking with the higher-ups telling them what I was doing. Right. And, and, and you know, it's interesting. So you got to imagine, like, I'm trying to warn all my friends. Sure. Because they have no – you know, by this time, my level of knowledge of what this organization is mm-hmm. far surpasses anything that they have any idea. Sure. So the same people that I'm trying to warn, I'm trying to help, are, are surrounding me. Yeah. Right. You know? Were, were, were your nerves, at, like, were you scared doing it? I, I was scared a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, what would happen to me is that I would have these periods where, um, first off, I was in a lot of pain every day. Mm-hmm. And pain is a big motivator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I woke up every day, my arms hurt, they stung. And, you know, it, it was the type of nice pain. reminder that, every day. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the type of pain that, uh, pain that fucked with your head. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would be pissed off and I would go after them and I would do something like I'd go on news, I'd go on the radio, I'd go on TV. And after I did it, I, I, I would duck, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'd be afraid and then, you know, and then after. Build that, up your kind of resolve uh, and then go out and do uh, it yeah, again. Do it again. I got pissed off again. And then, you know, uh, I was always told that the punishment in Shemaquan for what I did was death. Right. And so I, you know, I always, there was this fear, you know, that I was going to be killed. Yeah. And so then at one point I'm like, okay, you know, what is the worst thing that they can do to me? And that is to kill me. Mm -hmm. And so I accepted that. And I thought, you know, if, if I can accept the worst thing they, they can do to me, mm-hmm. they have no power over me. Yeah. You know, and, and I, and since then, you know, like if I did today, tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, I don't want to die in pain, but yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 I can handle that. I'm going to die and I have no control when that's going to happen. Yes. And, you know, so that, um, that changed my view on things. So like when you see me on court TV, I'm wearing the shirt, Vail, Colorado, mm-hmm. the city where I live. And I was like, Hey, Fuck you. I'm right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did um, you, um, as that unfolded, I guess, and as that happened, I guess, so he gets convicted, John C. Kim does. Um, obviously, there's more to the story, and that's stuff, um, you know, that people should look in the in the podcast 
in his podcast for sure, and we'll have all that information at the beginning and the end, of course. Um, but I was thinking about you being a member of it, right? And and it took so much of your life, and then you turn crusader, you know, and kind of attack it and all this stuff. Well, well, then he goes down, right? Do you remember it all that next day? And that, you know, where it's like, was there ever any kind of like... Well, now what? Like, like now you have to live a life, um, you know? And I, I, yeah, well, um, what after that happened, I, I, I remember I, I went out and I celebrated. I had prime rib and I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, what are you eating in jail, John C. Kim? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so I, I made sure that night sure. that, that I was having a real good meal. Mm-hmm. And I, I was living in Vail, Colorado at the time. And at that time, I had about 100 days of snowboarding on the mountain. Okay. And, you know, I believe and I still believe to this day that living life well is the best revenge. Yeah. You know, and, absolutely. and there's certain times in my life it's not so good, but other times. Of course. Yeah. Right now, you know, it was, you know, today I got, uh, or last night I got another movie role and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hosting a TV show on six. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, yeah congratulations. And, yeah. It, so, is there, uh, oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll say, and so, like, in the whole prosecution time, because obviously you were at one point like an instructor in, Assistant instructor. Yeah, yeah. assistant instructor. So you're like climb, essentially climbing the ranks. Were you ever worried that because of your involvement with recruiting other people and manipulating other people that you would have some sort of like legal repercussions and have to go to do any prison time or anything like that? No, no. Um, because um, by the time I, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that I had done, the, any statutes of limitations would have run out. But, you know, there wasn't really like I wasn't. I wasn't part of the tax scheme. I wasn't part of the illegal, you know, uh, operation. Yeah. The, the, the thing that they had me doing was the, the signing up of the people and the assaulting oh, okay. of people. And yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Just so <laughs> what is the thing that you feel the worst? Like, is there anything that you have trouble facing or any trouble? Like where you go, like, boy, I, you know, like that's a, well, the, the, the fact that I had, I had recruited people into an organization that uh, was ran by a monster, a psychopath. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, yeah. you know, it, it, it bothered me that I was a part of this organization that, you know, that I actively went out and recruited other people, that I signed them up. Um, How about the violence, like assaults, things? Yeah, when, when you hurt somebody. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it was changing me to someone I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't like getting hit. Um, when I was a kid mm-hmm. and even how they, I still don't like it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you know, the whole idea, and I mentioned this before is that, you know, someone goes into a martial arts school, uh, to protect themselves from being assaulted mm-hmm. and the place that they go is the place that assaults them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, there's things like that that really bother you. And, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole, as far as like almost a sales tactic or whatever, the thing of you hurting them in the little intro thing. Yeah. It's really, it's a, um, a dominant submissive type of relationship. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that there's probably a lot of people that are in the martial arts world who can identify this, you know, and there are people that once you put them in that submissive position, Mm -hmm. um, they're going to follow like, whatever you say. Yeah, they're comfortable there in a sense. You know, exactly. Right? Yeah. There's leaders or followers. Yeah, yeah. And and on that note, do you how how does it change how you live your life today? Like, what have you learned about yourself? Um, you know, does it make you question your judgment of certain things? 
you know, of people's character of, well, you know, um, it, it does a lot. You know, I, I'm, I'm always questioning things. I, uh, as far as like I was talking about faith, um, you're not going to just get me to believe something without some type of proof. I, you know, mm -hmm. I am a skeptic. Uh, a lot of times in life, I can't explain everything that happens, but, um, so faith wise, that, that that's affected me. Um, you know, I, I, I still have like bad dreams, you know, uh, and that's something that's affected, you know, there's a little yeah. post-traumatic stress that still occurs from it. You know, interesting, you know, with that is, um, um, I had heard from a, uh, uh, one person that she saw John C. Kim as Bigfoot, right? And I started laughing when I heard this story. Mm -hmm. But then another person told me, oh yeah, he, uh, appeared to me in my dream as a devil. And then I, I kept hearing the same story from former members of how Kim had a, appeared as a beast, as a devil. Um, one person he uh, appeared to as an angel and he kissed him on the cheek. And But talking to a, a deprogrammer, this was actually a phenomenon that happens uh, that the leader visits the people in their dream and the, the vision of a beast is not, you know. Uh, of course, there was people who also had uh, visual, you know, why they're wide awake of uh, Kim being the beast. So, wow. Um, but sorry, I, I went off from your no, question no, no, a little no. bit. Uh, but you know, it, it, it. Um, I've had so many different experiences in my life mm -hmm. that, like, socially, um, I can uh, adapt to almost any environment, and you know, that's why I, I was social media coordinator at Twin Cities Film Fest and. I'm almost a master at social interaction, but I think it has hurt in me, like when I'm dating a, a new gal and, you know, um, it, my, my life is really hard to comprehend for a lot of people. Sure. I, 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 you it's know, just, it, it's, it's a big story to tell, right? Like, and it, that gives any, you know, I mean, it can give any date. Pause, right? Like, I mean, it's do not you first date? Material. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how do you like? Well, I got this big thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was yeah. in the cult. Do you ever? And then, so you did this podcast, and 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 it's great, and we recommend people to go check it out. Um, do you? Is there ever part of you? You know, it's your story, and it's a big part of it. Is there ever parts of you where you go like, okay, maybe I should put this more in the past or anything like that to get away from it? Like, do you, you feel you, yourself you, you drawn know, back to it? Well, you know, a, a lot of times I do. And mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I've like, uh, 2018's been a great year for me in film and mm -hmm. acting. And, um, you know, a lot of people uh, want to work with me and I want to work with them. Um, so I, I, I do that quite a bit. And um, I do have to put this, you know, like I, I have the podcast out there, but I mm -hmm. haven't really done a lot since I released it mm -hmm. because acting has been taken more of a, yeah. a, a a forefront for me. I guess, you know, moving ahead though, I would um, like to see it go to film. Sure. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, I heard that Jordan Peele was looking for projects. And there you go. I'm like, this Absolutely. would, this just, would be, a, you know, because another movie. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's a, it'd be a perfect movie for him. Oh, be, yeah. yeah, because uh, it's, it's hor horrific and it's funny at mm -hmm. the same time. And yeah. Totally true. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I totally agree. But is, is there, um, I'm trying to think of like, you know, there's, I guess I can't think of an exact parallel with it, but I just feel like, I don't know if, if it were me, like there's things in my life. Um, I was a heroin addict, right? And that's a thing like with my comedy, with my whatever, there was a lot of stuff that I kept going back to it and using it. And there was a point for me okay. where I had to say, all right, I should probably move forward 
um, a little bit with like for me because I felt like I was diminished to some degree until I let it go. I I, I don't know how to describe well, it because I haven't thought of it very hard in my own head. I guess it just felt like something I needed to do. I, I, I was I think, wondering if that happened for you. Well, I think that everything that we do is judged on our past. I mean, mm-hmm. we're always told put. Yeah, but that's how your judgments come from the past. For sure, you're, everything for sure. you're making your decisions on in the future have can, yeah. come from your past experiences. Um, you know, so I, I try to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I use distraction for me to keep myself mentally healthy. I, mm-hmm. you know, like if I'm having a problem, I'll sign up for a class or I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do something that'll take my mind in another direction. Um, you know, I've been taking a lot of um, acting classes this year and. Uh, one of my teachers, Ellie Abrams, uh, she told me that people that, uh, the best actors that she has worked with had, uh, had to deal with adversity in their life. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so that, you know, a lot of the things that I come in in a role, I'm like, yeah, I've already experienced that or I understand mm-hmm. or I can put myself in that uh, yeah, person's sure. position. But yeah, it, it, it is hard, uh, you know, because a lot of times I'd like to be able to shut it off that I, you know, I, I don't want to think about because you're 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 a you know you're a successful guy. You're living your life right. Like I mean, nobody like in this what I've kept saying and whatever is you know people. There is a stigma around being an ex cult member, whether ex heroin, ex heroin. Like there's exactly. stigmas around. Yep. People don't want to hear you know whatever that you had any weakness in your past. I guess and and you seem to navigate it really well um, because it's. You know, when I hear this or think about it, I, I think of the embarrassment factor. Like, like I would be, and it's so weird because I don't have it as a heroin addict, and it's every bit, it's more of a, way more of a character flaw, I think, than joining a cult. Like, being a heroin addict is almost like, hey, there's a cult here I'm going to join, <laughs> you know, and like you knowingly go into it, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. Or at least to some degree. Um, so I, I would say that it's probably like, because if you are, were a drug addict, it's like, oh, well, that guy liked to party and it's an addictive drug where mm-hmm. I feel like if people say like, oh, you're in a cult, it's like, how the hell like did you get, there's more drug addicts than there are. Yeah. How about that? Just going around. Would you rather yeah, be a yeah, drug exactly. addict or a cult member? Right. Like, no, I'm not saying would you rather, but I feel like people would more judge a cult member because they're like. Oh, like something must be wrong with him if he got tricked into in his head. Well, yeah, it, in his head, it, like a mental. And, and the whole idea is that most people think that this couldn't happen to me. Yeah, right. And, right. And, and, and those are the people that are vulnerable. And it's when you think that oh, I, I could never be put in that position. Uh, yeah. And that's and that that I think is the, like the truth completely because when I did the real the uh, research for this one and stuff, truly on its surface, it's like this is so ridiculous. I don't know how I can take this guy. You know, I don't know him well. Is there something I'm missing here? Because it's so ridiculous. And then I thought deeper about it and all that stuff. And you kind of like, okay, here's this and this. And then you start telling the story and broken home and all that. And then it's like, oh, yeah. No, I mean, you, you, it's totally understandable, you know, which is a yeah. weird thing to say now. For me, right. knowing the, you know, like if someone whole just concept. visited this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and then, and the, then the, the fact that you say uh, a martial arts, a karate cult, people are going, what? Right. And, and, but the thing that they don't understand is like martial arts, there's uh, other martial arts cults out there. Yeah. You know, Chum Kwan was like the daddy of them all. But, um, you know, it falls in line because, you know, right away you got a master. You know, mm-hmm. just that, that yeah. just a title, you're going to be submissive to them. Yeah. And then you have rank and you have file. And, yeah. 
you know, it's uh, got all the shit. Yeah, there. And, and then they're going to bring in all the uh, the, uh, the self help stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, the, which it seems like most cults are essentially at base of self help stuff, right? Yeah, your uh, life is uh, fucked up, and uh, we're going to help fix it. And there's got to be something good about it, or mm-hmm. the, the people wouldn't have joined. You know? What do you think his master plan was? Because uh, Tevin, in our pre production interview, we were, we were talking, and it's like, yeah, you know, we knew he, were, he was doing it to make money, but it's like you can make money a lot of ways. I, I it, it was greed and power. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think that you know, like he had the, he had his compound, uh, in uh, Naperville. Mm-hmm. You know, he had another one in Tomball, Texas, and I believe he wanted to create his own army. You know, yeah, and, and um, where, like, where do you see it going? Had it been unchecked, like what, what was starting to happen, and what was gonna happen? He, he would have kept branching out. You mm-hmm. know, he would have kept um, branching out throughout the whole country. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, these schools would have, people would have kept giving them money and, you know. I mean, would it, would like, he have all started. Be learning in well, high school? I mean, would he have started like sex? Like would sex have entered it? <laughs> would he have like, so, like really? Cause we were like talking about running what's the point whatever. of having a cult if you're not going to. Uh, have sex with people. Like, I mean, really, well, why do you want power that bad? And, and, and he did, though. Right. And, and, and you know, that's the... Yeah, I have, he healed women with his fingers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and so that part, you know, that, that part happened in there, and he controlled people, and, you know, he decided who should marry who, and, you know, the, uh, he had a lot of con- control over people. And when I say that, I believe that he is a psychopath and a monster, and, you know, there's all these people that and believe that he's like this great human being, that, you know, they, 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 there's still people that are devoted to him, that, that that follow him, and, you know, that, you know, anything said bad against him, it's like you're taking the Lord's name in vain, and, yeah, and the, but they have no idea who he, who he right. actually was. When's know? the last time you've gotten a threat or whatever? you know be it online be it whatever from from that cult you know i since i put out the podcast i haven't heard anything so, okay yeah have but, you well hopefully we can uh, bring it to the right. fore a little yeah, more and then yeah. you will get some threats yeah, <laughs> yeah. you uh, know i i but that did do you happen. fear it you know i i'm gonna live my life to you know to the to, yeah yeah and i'm gonna keep doing my thing and you know I, i'm not gonna worry about Right. Yeah. So you're not going to let it affect your life, but is there fear at all, though? You know, I mean, you you can still live your life unaffected and still kind of yeah. go, like, oh, like, God, it gives me some anxiety. Well, it, most, most of the people that were dangerous are the ones that have left. Right. You know, and, and the people that now run the organization that's a whole other generation who, who didn't experience Kim firsthand, who didn't. Who weren't yeah. a part of the craziness, right? You know, I mean, they're, they're still advertising on their website that he can jump from the building. You they know, do, yeah. Huh? So you gotta wonder about anyone who's still. Do you right? say the yeah. name of the of the new school? I don't just okay. because. Yeah, you know, so leave it alone. And... Well, yeah, and I talked with my attorneys about this, and we felt that you know my. I don't know how they run the schools nowadays. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I know the time from when I was there to. Yeah. You know, and when when you were there and like you're starting to kind of okay, this is kind of bullshit. So like when you go to like you start a job and like you wanna like bitch about like your manager boss, you have to find that friend, like you have to drop little hints like, Oh, does this guy think it's bullshit too? Was there like a feeling out process of hey, is there anybody else I can complain to while we're there, in the class? You know, it, it was a little bit, but you know, um you had to be real careful about right. that. Yeah. You know? right. Did you ever whiff? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, where you kinda go like, like this kind of fucking yeah, yeah, what yeah, you did. Yeah. Right. 
Well, you know, there were, there was this one time that we were um, going on a camping trip to Leech Lake, and we did it. We were like getting purified. We, we're, so we're, 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 yeah, we're in a caravan. There's like 20 cars deep, and um, the car that we were in, um, uh, we had the blinker on the whole time, and we didn't notice, right? So after <laughs> after we get uh we get there we get this like this instructor comes and just like makes a huge deal out of it i'm like you know you're really blowing this out of proportion you know Oof. And, and so we're getting this lecture about not paying attention and driving and all this stuff right well guess what happens on the way back same instructor left his blinker on really <laughs> and then well then one of the, the, the then i got to watch the national instructor give him the same lecture and i'm like yeah karma <laughs> right do, do, do you struggle with authority or whatever since then yeah i yeah. I, I, I do uh struggle with authority i uh, um you know i have to respect that authority you mm-hmm. know when, when you work on a film set yes it, right. it, it's very you know there there's a structure to it especially if it's a good film set mm-hmm. You know, and um, so that, that's always why it's good to work with good people because you're going to have that director who's in charge, and you're, you know, if you're a good actor, you're going to follow his direction really well. Yeah. So if I respect the person, it's it's easy to follow, you know, yeah. to follow them. Mm-hmm. But um, I, if they're like just straight out authoritarian, have nothing I respect about them. Right. Or if they talk to, you know, no one has a right to talk to me in a derogatory manner. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, after you, you know, they, uh, in Chumacon, they blittered you all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Criticism happened every day. And so I'm like, no one's going to talk to me that way again. Yeah. I don't care how much money you pay me. You do not have a right to talk to me like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, um, as far as cults, today in this day and age like is it something that you think like in minnesota right now are there you know because i know you were active a little bit with the free thought project and all uh, that uh, stuff so you have some knowledge yeah free minds and uh, which is that still um in operation they they are but not to the extent as when i was in, involved okay know, is there more a resource online for and, people who may uh, be... they could they could still um google free minds okay um and then um uh, Steve Hassan is a, a person who's counseled a lot of Chumacuan people. Okay. Um, he's uh, worked with uh, um, a lot of different cults throughout the country. What do you say? Is there anyone from the outside who could have said something that could have helped you or got you out of there sooner at some point, looking back on it? Um, you know, like for a listener, if someone's got a loved one who they're wondering, like, you know, like, God, is he in a cult? or is, I don't know. Well, I, I think that if you're going to talk to someone about being in a cult that you should understand that cult first, that mm-hmm. you should, you should do your search mm-hmm. that, you know, because like my, there's members of my family who said, Oh, I think it's a cult. But again, no one ever heard of a martial arts cult. And, mm-hmm. you know, had they had some information to bring forth, yeah, uh, that would have made a difference. You, think in you would have life. been susceptible yeah. to it or whatever. Yeah, open to be, it. Because the people that uh, I had presented it to that left, I had something to show them a reason that, yeah, you know, that um, this is bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Was there one thing more than others that you used that, like, was there one thing that was more effective than others to use? You know, the, like, look, he has a perm. It's a perm. <laughs> well, as, as far as materials, um, um, probably uh, the Pam Zekman, uh, Colton Khan new series that happened in Chicago, and that's where Bill Curtis and Lester mm-hmm. Holt uh, were both uh, part of that. And, yeah. You know, Lester Holtz is too huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, both of them. Um, yeah. So you know, the, the be able to show those on mm-hmm. there. 
Um, yeah, now it's great when you look back because you see all the uh, 80s outfits and everything. Yeah. It looks like yeah, yeah. historical documentation. And we'll have links and uh, we'll have those on our social media page and stuff too so you can see. But certainly go to go to his podcast, which the website is. Uh, Deceivepodcast.com. And listen to the podcast. He's got tons of information on there. We'll just have a few highlights to kind of check it out on our page. But absolutely check out his podcast. And check out his acting too, for Christ's sakes. He's a, a good actor. and. Did- did you ask the other pre-interview question? Do we get that in part one that we did from our first pre-interview? I'm not sure. You didn't? The one, oh, what's uh, uh, in the call? Yeah, when you yeah. called me from the car. Yeah, the one that I wanted to know most is of all the time in the cult and all that stuff, just uh, it's the biggest set of tits you've ever seen. <laughs> like, out to here or here? Oh, here? <laughs> <laughs> We uh, have said think every about podcast. That one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. it's, uh, well, I, I mean, I do want to know the answer, but, well, but let's go on a mission to find out. Let's do that. Yeah, let's yeah, do yeah, that yeah, together. Yeah. We'll film that. Yeah, I like yeah, that. I mean, yeah, I like that idea. I like know? that. Yeah. And yeah. for uh, for any of our listeners who might be in a cult, what's the easiest way that they can get out? <laughs> <laughs> is there? Is there a, let, let, can let's they call let's, somebody to. Like the, you're talking about the free mind. Well, that... check check out the book uh, "Combating Cult Mind Control" by Steve Hassan. Okay, um, that's pretty it, cool that that actually a book in a library that a guy wrote actually did sort of liberate you from this. He's liberated of, this, a lot of people, right? Yeah, and if you want to talk to Steve sometime, I do. I, I can arrange that for you. I do. I so, would love to actually. Yeah, I, uh, I think it'd be. Yeah, he super he was relevant. actually interviewed by Joe Rogan too. Yeah. Was he really? Yeah. Nice. yeah. That so, would be great. A natural yeah. step from Joe Rogan is to this show. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And it then, is. so, uh, um, <laughs> oh, so as you're, yeah. as you're, uh, as you're researching other cults and like, or like researching cults in general and with the free mind people, was there an, any more ridiculous cult than karate cult? Was there like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the whole, um, Heaven's Gate, you know, so Heaven's Gate's, yeah, so cool. I, I like, I mean, awful. I, I, yeah, I yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm living in Vail, Colorado, and I'm working in a library as a research uh, on the research desk, information yeah. desk. And I have a nephew who's living with me, and he's going to Denver to um, these UFO conventions. Okay. And, and I'm like, he starts telling me about it. I'm like, right away, the, the red flag goes off. I'm like, it's a cult. And he goes, you think everything's a cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. And I'm like... No, I know what a cult is, and I, mm-hmm. I, know, I know what a, a cult is, and you're describing a cult. Mm-hmm. And so then I went and I researched the group, and I, I brought him a bunch of information. He got all pissed off, and mm-hmm. um, and then he had another friend he was going with, and they were selling him uh, pills that were going to help him communicate with aliens. And then they, then they Holy made they, they made my nephew sign a, uh, a a non-disclosure agreement that he wouldn't tell anything that he saw at this meeting and he told me that they had a little spaceship and they had a little midgets, uh, running around <laughs> alien costumes. But then anyways, so, um, he quit going to the meetings and then like three, three years later, he, he calls me on because you know what? You're right. It was a cult. They all killed themselves. <laughs> wow. wow. So you might have saved your nephew yeah, 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 from yeah. the Heaven's Gate cult. And, and, That's fucking amazing. Wow. And, and, you know, so then, like, sometimes, like, you know, things will just, like, smell, like, you know, yeah. I, 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 you know, the hairs stand up in the back of my yeah. head. Is, like, is uh, in, do you want to buy some vitamins? Right. Is there anything, like, in everyday life that's not necessarily a cult, but you're, like, that's got some cult, like, Very net, Network marketing. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and some some places, 
you know, are considered cults, but they, they do a lot of the same thing. They're promising like, oh, you join our network marketing group and you're going to be rich and you're going to yeah. have all these things and all mm -hmm. these promises are made. And there's always some guy who, you know, um, uh, who's made it. And, right. You know, and, and uh, have you ever been invited to like a meeting? Uh, 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 it's like, oh, come over, we're having this party. All of a sudden, it's a network, mar mar you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like those Tupperware. Hey, but yeah, so how about this? Let's just do a little laundry list right now of his okay. uh, his feats, I okay. guess. So John C. Kim's feats. What were his? Um, like I don't know, jumps like from the eleven, yeah, jumps from the building, well, yeah, you know, walk up walls. Well, one that um, you know from Minnesota um, that I was told that. Yeah, you know, even at the time, I'm like, this is ridiculous. But it, it was it was the idea that he could run from Minneapolis to Duluth in 45 minutes. Yeah, you know. So you, where did it, that come it, from? You know, like why if he's from Korea right. to know that he yeah, can well, run that? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you calculate that out. That's like 206 miles per hour. Yeah, right. And you know, but some people felt that like telling these stories that they were actually weeding uh finding the people that were more acceptable to suggestion okay than yeah. than other people sure you know that by, by because the, you know like i would like to think if i was in that class i'd be like oh bullshit you just right. hear that in the class yeah then i wonder how many people looked at it as like like a paul bunyan type of situation where well, like well, obviously this is fake but we just well, they, the and, and, and it always come back to some legend like, okay, that there was a story about red shoes, they called it, and that John C. Kim would be um, learning how to run real fast. And, like, he would be uh, put in front of a boulder being uh, shot down the mountain in front of you know, uh, behind him and that, you know, that he would learn. He, he trained. Uh, part of his training was to run very fast and that the um, instructors were – at a pool and that he actually ran across the pool, you know, and, and, and so that as part of your training, that one day you might be able to accomplish this too. You know? So did you and, practice running across the pool? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, would they tell those stories? Like, so that's at the end of your workouts and you're all sitting on your knees kind of afterward. It, 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 and... Sitting, standing, mm -hmm. you know, in groups and, you know, uh, so it was always a group of people and you'd be, uh, being told this legend of John C. Kim. And, you know, one of the funny ones, uh, uh, when you talk about sex is, uh, that, uh, John C. Kim, his supposed master, Wang Po. And I think that actual name came from the master of the TV show Kung Fu. Okay. Master Po. And I think he just stole that off. Mm -hmm. But, but anyways, it said Wang that, po. um, uh, Kim had to get a deeper knowledge of women and, uh, understanding of them. So he was ordered so to, uh, um, uh, date 3,000 or having sex with 3,000 women. Mm -hmm. And every every one of them he had to take a picture of, right? And after they dated him, that either they uh, became nuns or committed suicide because... You yeah, couldn't have them. Yeah, they couldn't have Kim. <laughs> I've had a couple uh, yeah, yeah, like, turn into alcoholics. Yeah, yeah, and, but, yeah. You know, but, you know, there was a lot of, like, these stories, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, women were considered no minds and um, you know, mm -hmm. then the three weaknesses of uh, instructor was women, gambling, and drinking, and mm -hmm. uh, and then during the trial, the defense uh, they tried to strike testimony against his anti-feminism view, 
And, and so there was this whole, uh-huh. you know, and the idea that we couldn't sign a woman on on the first day of the month uh, because it would bring bad luck to the school. Right, there right. There was a whole, you know, series of things like that. And then, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just. And then when you do read the the abuse letters that we talked about, then you know they're horrific in what he did. So yeah, you know, there's a whole you know psychological thing of his relationship with women that was. And with the no signing women on the first day, was there like ever a new instructor that was like, oh, this is like my first person, like hey, I've got this girl that wants to join, and then there was oh no 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 no. Well, we we literally we had uh, like so if I I was in charge of the Lake Street School right. And a girl would come in, and it was the first day of the month. And so I'd, I'd have to go, uh, hello, head instructor. This is Instructor Russell. Bright to ask if the first had been covered. Be right. <laughs> How long did it take you to sh- fucking uh, shake be right to ask? You know, like, when yeah. you're done, like, you ever find yourself saying that, like, in your at your job or something? Like, be right to ask. You know, I, I don't sorry. remember. Is it okay for me to ask? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't remember doing that at my job, but I remember being at a job. And having my boss hear me talk to them on the phone. No, yeah, fuck, yeah. that'd be embarrassing. Yeah, and, and so you, and you know, you talk to them, and it's a never-ending line of "yes, instructor, yes, instructor." You know, yeah, yeah, you, because you're 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 his subordinate. You know, and yeah. what did they say when you hung up then, or like when the boss heard you? You know, I I, I remember one particular boss that uh, he he just thought I was weird and. and I was, you know, yeah. imagine I slept very little. Mm-hmm. I, um, because I slept uh, very little, I screwed up a lot. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, and then you know, like- imagine you're at work and you get a phone call and it's your instructor telling you to leave work to come to school. And I was like, hey, I got to go. I got this phone call. <laughs> really? And you would just go? Yeah, I'd just go. Right. Yeah, because, and sometimes that was a, a test, you know, mm-hmm. to, to see whether or not um, were you losing uh, jobs all the time, sort of because of well, the school my I, I had a job that was a good factory paying job, and it was a union job, and it wasn't an easy job to get fired from unless you're late all the mm-hmm. time, right? So, what would happen uh, is that um, um, they were in Brooklyn Park, and my job was in Minneapolis, and they knew what time I had to get to work, right? So I'd, I'd uh, ask for permission to leave the school, and I'd be all dressed, and I'd be standing in front of the office. And then the instructor, knowing what time I had to be at work, uh, would get into some long story, and he, he would keep me there. No, no, okay, it's going to take him 20 minutes. God, just never-ending. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, yeah. And, 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 they and, want you to get there on time because you're giving them money. Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole thing is the school came first. Right. Uh, it came before my job. It came yeah. before my family. And, and you can get another job someplace, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and so you know the whole thing is like, okay, you know, I'm going to speed all the way to work. It's, it's going to be reckless, and then he's yeah. going to all well, drive careful. Like you know how long it takes me to get to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know to lose a job because you were tardy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had to be like tardy like ten times, and you know. <laughs> I can do that. I can pull that <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, I do like, it all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So stuff like that. So, which on that note, I do have to get up and they're looking at my work like I'm so fucking late. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really, it's, it's been very fun. Well, very fun. Um, all right. That was our episode. Uh, we all give thanks and praise to John C. Kim, who made all of this uh uh, possible. Like him, Shalom. And makes all things possible. Um, and uh, Jesus Christ, who can't hack it. 
and uh, we appreciate <laughs> John C. Kim for everything he does for keeping power. And uh, anyway, um, so thank you guys for listening. Check out the Patreon, social media. We got all kinds of shit coming up. So check us out uh, January 12th at New Hope Cinema Grill. I would love to see you guys out. I love it when you guys, I actually am a narcissist. I love talking about the show with uh, the listeners. So um, please, if you're there, don't sheepishly walk by and then write me afterwards and tell me you were there. That is like, <laughs> makes me feel like a dick. So please come and say hello. And uh, yeah. And now I'm going to hand it off to Tevin, as I did in the podcast. All right. Yes. And so, Gabe, thank you for throwing it to me, as he often does. We uh, we had a nice little bonus segment for you guys where uh, Gabe left a little early, but we were able to get kind of the John C. Kim folklore kind of into in-depth stories that he had because um, it got a little messy during the podcast. So he kind of went into him jumping off of buildings or he had a great, uh, I think it was a belly bump story where they met for the first time and he did one of those uh like the metal balls where you pull one and it transfers the energy but he did that with human people and that was part of his folklore so we kind of got into all of that so that should be very entertaining for you guys and uh you can check out anything that we missed about john c kim in this episode or about russell and the cult in this episode at the deceived that's where russell breaks down everything from the uh, trial where he brought down the cult or to him in his story of joining the cult at the beginning of the time. So, yeah, go to the deceivedpodcast.com. Also, check us out on Instagram, ProConPod. That's where we're at or on Twitter as well, as well as Profession Confession on Facebook. And also Patreon, patreon.com backslash Profession Confession Podcast. We appreciate all the love and support from you guys. Stay tuned for new episodes coming out. We've got porn stars, Vietnam, Vietnam veterans, um, gangbangers, all that good stuff. Thank you guys for your support, and we'll see you next time. Bye. So initially, getting into the cult, you grew up kind of came from a rough background, um, living over in Lake Street in the uh, well, it was Cedar, uh, yeah, Cedar and Little Earth, Little Earth. There yeah, we go, Little, Little Earth. Earth. Yep. And so then, now, how did you find your way getting into the cult? Was it a, you wanted to just take karate lessons? Well, um, my my first experience uh, taking martial arts was actually in South Minneapolis at the World of Self Defense. It was a mm-hmm. jujitsu school, and so I was around ten years old at the time. And then, um, you know, after my family got ran out of Little Earth, we moved to North Minneapolis. Uh, to a place called the Mississippi Courts. Okay. And Mississippi Courts was, uh, now it's North Regional Mississippi Park. But they were um, homes that were built for World War II uh, returning vets, so they looked like army barracks. So it was another housing project. And um, back then there was a TV uh, series called Black Belt Theater. Okay. And, like, everybody was into um, martial arts movies and stuff then. But then... Um, me and some friends were at, uh, one of their houses and we're all getting stoned and we're watching martial arts movies and we're we're watching Chuck Norris. I believe, I believe it was good men were black, uh, good guys were black. And so anyways, after, after the, uh, the film was over, we all went out onto the streets and, you know, started doing, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and then, so at that point I decided that I was going to, uh, take up martial arts again and so i went to the phone book and inside the phone book was the ad for uh the john c kim school chumon kwan 
And it was across the school in my house, unluckily for me. Oh, okay, so I was going to say, so there wasn't like you had two options and you're like, eh, I'm going to take this Well, it was one that I could get to, but then it also said that he was the champion of all Asia. And and, yeah, and that that was a title that we later find out really didn't exist. And what it actually, uh, one one martial arts uh, um, professional said that it really probably came down to is they probably had like a... Uh, small tournament in a little town someplace and named it the All Asian Championship. So anyone who came, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. the funniest person in Minnesota yeah. contest. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah exactly. Yeah. More of that type. But then, you know, uh, all over the United States, John C. Kim was like, hey, you know, I'm the champion of All Asia. And of course, all the ignorant people here, you know. <laughs> Asia's huge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so. Um, like a lot of kids, I was 16, uh, and this was a martial arts school that was in a strip mall. Mm-hmm. And it was just like any other, um, martial arts school that I, you know, would see, you know, the, there's still a lot of them in strip malls all over the place. And I, I went to one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which one did you go to? I, I was, it was Taekwondo. So it was, a uh, uh, probably Lee's champion Taekwondo. Academy. Oh, okay. Okay. It's like Young Hyuk Lee or something. He, yeah, was like, okay. he was like an Olympic coach for something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard of him. Um, yeah, so it was just, that was uh, that type of experience. And but, you, wh- you, you wouldn't think that uh, that uh, walking into a martial arts school uh, in a strip mall is going to change the course of the rest of your life. No. But for me, it did. And how old were you when you walked in? 16. 16. Gotcha. Yeah, and you know, so then um, – I, I, I go in, and the instructor is uh, this uh, um, Mexican uh, guy. He's about 26 years old, strong, powerful, good-looking. He he just moved like any, no one I've ever seen before. And, um, you know, the first lesson, he uh, had me throw a punch at him, and he kind of uh, threw me around a little bit, and I was impressed. That was, you know, and that was the first, the dominant, the submissive, Right. You know, he, uh, you know, he um, commanded his uh, obedience at that point, you know, and, yeah. and I was impressed, and uh, I went uh, uh, and got a loan. I was working at a car wash at the time, and I got a loan from my boss so I could take lessons, and um, I started uh, taking lessons from him, and he was amazing. He moved like no one I had ever seen before, and, you know, later found out that... Um, he was a student with Cam Ewan, uh, who taught David Carradine, and you know he would go on the sets with, uh, yeah, uh, with uh, with uh, Cam Ewan, and he met David Carradine, and you know so Cam Ewan was like the real deal, and uh, he had learned from him, and you know so I had thought that what he had learned, he had learned from John C. Kim. Right, so you're, I want to be like him, so I'm going to be a part of this. Yeah, exactly. I didn't realize that the, this came from a whole another, you know, the way he moved around, and um, and he was charismatic, and you know, he would go and he would like demonstrate a form, like say he'd do a tiger form, and you know, we'd all sit around in a circle around him, and he'd demonstrate the form, and then after he did it, he'd do it again, and he explained all the movements and what they meant, and. Um, then he'd get out weapons and it was like, it was just, it, you could be like in a trance, just, it was beautiful to watch. Yeah. Was, okay. Yeah, and you're kind of starstruck. It, and yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I want, I want to be able to move like that, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then you'd watch him spar and it was like, man, I want to be able to kick ass like that, <laughs> right. you know? And, and, you know, then he was the one who started telling the stories of John C. Kemp. 
you know, so he, he um, the and first, it, the, and at that point when he started telling you stories, was it like, did you, were you aware kind of of who John C. Kim was or was not really? I, you know, um, I was aware because of the advertisement, his pictures all over the, uh, the school, it was in yeah. front of the school. Um, you know, and his pictures are just literally, um, uh, everywhere in there. And there was some things that were like impressive. Like there would be, there was a picture where he was like doing a plank, right? Mm-hmm. And he had his head in a chair and his feet in another chair and someone standing on his stomach. And, and to me, that was like incredible. You know, right. That's, you gotta have extreme core strength. Yeah. To, to be able to do that. And now I question, there could have been a board going between that yeah you know and and then there you know i believe that there was some trickery that he did and things like that and but then there was other pictures where like um he's pulling a, a two cars with his teeth and you know and, and and you're seeing this stuff and you're going okay there's something here you know mm-hmm. and, and then there was this picture that hangs in all the schools and he's flying through the air and you see a water tower in the background and in the corner you see the corner of a building and the when Alex first told me that story, he told me that Kim had jumped from one building to another, right? And they called it the building to building picture, right? Yep. And then later on, the story changed that he jumped um, from eleven story building and then an eight story building. You know that he did this twice and he landed on a slope surface on the ground like that's supposed to, you know, <laughs> cushion the fall. Yeah, and, and uh, the form, um, I'm not sure if I'm butchering it, Wagon Sobob. Uh, my friend from Korea said it meant levitation. Oh, okay. So literally levitation form. And, you know, during the, the court uh, trial, uh, there was testimonies uh, from instructors that believed that he could actually walk up the sides of buildings. <laughs> You know, uh, and, 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 it's in a, it's in like a record. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Stenographer um, had to like. Yeah. Uh, and, and then there was this idea that uh, they would talk about that John C. Kim could high, jump up in the air and he could go like seven feet, and then once he reached that level, he could go another like, four right, levels yeah, above that. Super Mario. He jump. could yeah, double yeah, jump. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and this was before Super Mario. Um, you know, and, and so you'd you'd get the that that type of story, and then there was the story uh, that he could injure people without touching them, that he could literally like uh, throw energy through your body, and the death touch. So was, when like people told these stories, were they like describing him just like looking at somebody like mean, or was it like the I'm gonna put my arm out and act like I'm sending a force to you and. They, they 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 would talk about the power uh, called Wei uh, Negong Negong Force the Chi energy and that he how he was able to channel that and that he could injure somebody without touching and there was the story that um, um, that Bruce Lee was one of Kim's students right and that um, that Bruce Lee had disrespected John C Kim and started teaching. Uh, secret Chumaquan movements, and so that a higher belt uh, from Asia uh, was sent to deal with uh, Bruce Lee, and that he uh, he was killed with injury without touch. But Bruce Lee, oh that, Bruce Lee was so killed? they took credit for Bruce Lee's death. death yes, exactly. That, well, because yeah, yeah, there yeah, is yeah. like kind of that like there is kind of like mystery regarding his death. Uh, he I think he, he like. Well, he had like he like was taking like painkillers and he 
like it was like encephalop. It's where you're like your swelling in your brain causes it to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah well, he had an aneurysm. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, hey, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So that's, that's and, and, and you know that's and, where the she went. Yeah. Exactly. So so that's how they they claim to have killed him. But the whole idea that, but you telling the story about how they uh, killed um, Bruce Lee was another way of telling students that, you know, this is. What's going to happen to you? Yeah, and I was saying because and Bruce yeah. Lee, if, like you, when you think of famous like karate martial arts taekwondo, like if Bruce Lee is like the guy. Like so, it's yeah. like if, if our guy took down that guy, then that yeah. That. Um, well, yeah, and that and that and I talk about this in the podcast is that um, John C. Kim put himself in the position of student and Lee as I mean as master mm-hmm. and Lee as the student. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have like that. I oh, taught him. You I taught him. Cool. Yeah. I taught him everything. How, how yeah, close were they in age? Um, I would say that they were pretty uh, close to the same age. I would think that um, Kim would have been probably about eight years uh, younger but, or older. But, I mean, older. But oh, then, okay. So but that does kind of work with the master. Yeah, but, yeah. but didn't John C. Kim, did he say that he was really like 1,500 years old or something like no, that? No, no. He, he had claimed that Choma Kwan was 1,500 oh, years old. Okay. What he, John C. Kim claimed that he would live to be 150 oh, years old. Oh, that's right. You know, it's interesting in the um, uh, uh, some of the court cases like the Illinois Attorney General, um, and this is on my webpage, uh, the lawsuit, they list some of the at- things that were said about Kim, like uh, uh, students were told that Kim had died and come back to life, um, that he was uh, one of the three angels that was there when Christ was born. Um, and this is all in government records. You know, and, and um, yeah, and <laughs> I love it. I'm like, I would have loved to see like John C. Kim as like a child, like and like what was going through his mind, like when did it, when did he snap, and like this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tell people that I'm God and well, do I, all this type of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, like what inspired him? Like, uh, you know, I I have to think it happened somewhere during the Korean War. Yeah, because the American CIA taught the uh, Koreans the uh, uh, mind control techniques. Okay. And so, you know, I always wanted to, I, I, and I reached out to the Korean government and stuff, but it's just really difficult when they're across the sea to, yeah. to try find uh, any reference to him. Yeah, and I was saying Korea is not the most uh, open source of information well, south, korea. Korea. I mean, south korea no. yeah south korea is uh so like he emigrated here uh from korea yes and yeah, so he, okay yeah. um yeah you know the, the other thing that uh there was a witness who testified that when uh kim had taken his citizenship though that he actually crossed his fingers <laughs> what are we 12 <laughs> like, like ah fingers yeah. crossed <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I got this picture of him. You know, I always wanted to do a picture of uh, him in front of the American flag in the court. Yeah. One hand up and the other with his, <laughs> you know. Do you swear and, to tell the truth? And the truth? Um, what the court record said is that, uh, uh, and I don't get this, uh, maybe it's the relationship between Korean men and their sister, but that uh, um, the, according to the court records, American GI had married um, – Kim's sister and had to disgrace this his family, so he came to the United States with the plan to screw the American people. 
Oh, I think we just figured yeah. out why he was building his army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taking yeah. revenge. Exactly. Subversion. Yeah. And, and yeah, and this is actually in the court records. Um, you know, uh, during the court trial, um, I uh, had arranged for Court TV to uh, cover the trial. I did an email campaign, and I got a bunch of people to write to Court TV, and uh, so they covered it, but. Um, during that time, I would be going up to the clerk's office where all of the legal documents were filed. Mm-hmm. And so I found like all these documents that, you know, said that, you know, this was his, uh, his motive, uh, the screw America. And, um, you know, I would bring these, uh, uh, to the media and then they, they would have them on the news that night. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So there's a, a story uh, about uh, when Kim traveled, and there was a golden toilet seat. And there was one guy's job to make sure that this um, uh, toilet seat would be installed everywhere that Kim went. So wherever you stand, and so um, I guess he would ask, mm. Toilet seat be installed there. <laughs> right, right. And some guy who had this job of like, oh, yes, master. Yeah. And, and supposedly he had the same thing with like some, some royal cushion too. And so they kept this cushion in like a, a, a special box. And, you know, it's like, oh, cushion in place. You know, <laughs> I think maybe he had hemorrhoids or something. Yeah. He needed this cushion. <laughs> in, in the, so you hear all these stories. And then the first time you meet him, did he live up to the No, and, 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 and that's where, you know, because growing up in, you know, low-income housing and, you know, you, you know people that are full of shit when you see them. And, <laughs> um, you know, you, you see this guy and the cowboy boots, you know, the snakeskin cowboy boots, the Adidas suit. He's got a gold diamond ring on. He's got gold chain on. He's got this permed hair. He's got a porn mustache and a goatee. You know, and I'm telling you, the only thing he was missing was that gold tooth. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and if he would have had that gold tooth, it would have, you know, um, it, it, it was like, I, you know, and I was, I was meant to believe that, you know, I was going to meet like Jesus Christ and that, you know, he had all these powers that he could heal anything. He could heal yeah. cancer. He could heal AIDS. He, you know, um, you know, the, the idea that Kim could, uh, transform into any person and any animal that he could, uh, teleport himself someplace. You know, anything that was possible, Kim could do it. Right. Except and, and for, for perming his hair. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always imagine when he turned into a tiger, it was the tiger with the perm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like that was, that was the moment when like the abstract became the reality. Yeah. Like... It, it, it started, you know, I started questioning things, you know, and, and you know, it was that, that night I'm, I'm like really taking all this in and it was a very surreal night because we we're like, you know, it was kind of like you're meeting a king, you know? Yeah. And, and you had all these followers and then all the instructors that um, I um, I was their submissive to, they were like his, you know, and they, you know, all their shoulders were dropped and, you know, they, uh, they were like children in the eyes of him. And, you know, um, it, then he did this weird demonstration and what he did is he, he lined us all up, uh, you know, stomach to back. And there, there's like six of us, right? Yeah. And, and so, uh, you ever see a TikTok pendulum? You know, you, you lift one. Oh, yeah, like the balls and the. Yeah, yeah. Hit, yeah. And, and so what he does is he lines us up like this, and he he's got a belly on him, and and their excuse for ha- having a uh, 
uh, belly was that this is where he keeps all his nagong power that it's stored there. You know? <laughs> I think he stole that line from Buddha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they said another master practiced it wrong and he got a big butt. But <laughs> so anyway, so he, he he lines all these guys up, right? And then he he goes and he runs at these guys with the, his stomach, right? And he hits the first guy, and the back guy flies, right? I'm going, holy fuck. You know, I'm like, you imagine you're, 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 you're thinking that you're going to see some great martial arts demonstration, right? right? Just give you a big physics experiment. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, what the, you know, it was just like, I was, I was like, what the, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I didn't see like him throwing his hand at somebody and right. Like it, he claims he could, yeah, jump off buildings and, and, kill somebody without touching them and it's like you, you just did this His stomach butt somebody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>